Amen. Well, it is uh, coming to that great day. In seven days, we celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's kind of something that we uh, celebrate all the way through. Amen. Uh, some, I, I noticed they start selling Christmas stuff in August now. So I was like, wow. And it, it's kind of almost like offensive or something. It's like, look, look, I don't rush things. I don't want to start thinking about that right now, you know. But uh, um, it is a wonderful and amazing uh, celebration and, and whether Jesus was born literally on the 25th, um, his, uh, the work that he did and what he came to do uh, warrants a day being set aside uh, that we would celebrate. So praise God, whether 25th, 24th, or June, it doesn't matter. We are celebrating Jesus' birth and, uh, and we don't allow the world to rob that uh, from us and make it uh, something that it isn't. And uh, uh, they can get angry with Merry Christmas. They can get angry uh, with all of it. Uh, but you know what? The dog barks, but the train keeps on moving. And it's interesting to me uh, that um, for years and years we have celebrated Christmas with no problem. And now all of a sudden um, a manger scene is offensive. And I don't know if it's the donkey, the camel, the wise men, no, it's Jesus. Jesus. The scriptures say that he is an offense. And when we preach the gospel, it is an offense. <laughs> Not to everyone, obviously, because here we are, right? Glory to God. And there are others uh, that uh, will hear and will obey and will yield their lives to him. Amen. And uh, so we're, we're grateful for the being carriers of, of the gospel. But I want to talk to you about uh, uh, you know, the way God operates today, how he um, moves, how he flows, and, and uh, the story surrounding um, the birth of Jesus Christ and Mary, um, these uh, truths are so, such an example of how God moves in the earth on a regular basis, how he operates through people. And I want to bring that out um, today, um, actually. And so we're going to um, just look into the word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to be operating um, uh, from Isaiah and, of course, in Luke, which is uh, uh, Isaiah's prophetic. Um, It was written like 700 years before Jesus came, somewhere between 700 to 740 years before Jesus showed up. Um, uh, I've been saying for years that uh, Jesus, his... uh, his birth, the, the circumstances and details surrounding his birth, um, his life, and his death, burial, and resurrection uh, were fulfillment of over uh, 300 and, uh, well, I always say over 300 for the possible error if there is, but people say 333 uh, prophecies, but really it's uh, like somewhere between 57 or 59 prophecies that were referenced in 333 places. Does that make sense? And uh, uh, so, so this stamps uh, the book uh, prophetic for one thing. And of course, uh, it, it's hard to hard pressed to say, well, this what a coincidence. You know, well, a coincidence is maybe uh, one thing, not not 57 over 330. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, it takes a little more than that. And uh, when you talk about the law of probabilities, um, they say that uh, um, for eight of those prophecies to be fulfilled, um, it's, it's uh, like uh, 17,000 uh, or something like that to the 10th power. I mean, it's, they say it's equivalent of, t- of filling Texas with uh, silver dollars 
and uh, uh, literally two feet of silver dollars, putting an X on one of them and throwing it in Texas, blindfolding a man and having him find it on the first time. That's eight prophecies. Prophe- uh, yeah, those eight prophecies being fulfilled. Oh my goodness! But we're not talking about eight. We're talking about uh, you know fifty-seven or fifty-nine. I forgot that number. Um, and that and they are spread across different men and, and, and women uh, across the Old Testament. Uh, that uh, were referenced in 333 places. So Jesus shows up on the scene. Wow. And here we are opening with one of those prophetic words. Isaiah, Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Whew. Glory to God. So the government shall be upon his shoulders actually has to do with um, dominion and authority, just so you know. That he will rule and reign as king. And, uh, of course, uh, we know that he has uh, secured uh, authority and has given it to us. And uh, his ruling and reigning as king is yet to come. Uh, we are actually uh, given the task to exercise dominion while we are here, awaiting his return. But we'll uh, move forward. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, we see the reference in the New Testament. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So Jesus Christ uh, was God and is God um, still even to this day. He is God manifest in the flesh. So for eternity, Jesus has a body. Isn't that amazing? The reason why he had to take on a body was because he was taking on the sins of man. And to be able to pay the price for man's sins, he had to become a man. So Jesus uh, was 100% man and 100% God. Isn't that awesome? And uh, so, so he comes into uh, this earth. In Luke one thirty one. it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. We know this reference is uh, the, the angel. Praise God. So what I want to propose to you, though, is this is the uh, pattern or this is the way uh, that God uh, brings into this world uh, a supply of himself, if you will, a supply of uh, redemption, a supply of salvation. This is how God does it. And we're, uh, when we celebrate this amazing miracle of God, we have to uh, see um, n- not just this for the event, which is the most amazing event that split all of our time, if you will, uh, but, but we need to see it um, uh, further than that because now we have our part in this. Because what God did through this, this humble uh, young lady, Mary, what he did through her, he is still doing to this day. Y'all with me? That, that how God comes to us, how he approaches us and offers uh, this to us. And we have to have a response, as did Mary, if we're going to allow redemption to flow through our lives. 
So each and every one of us in the room um, are no different than Mary, that the Holy Spirit will come and offer to us a task that may seem impossible. But nonetheless, it is a requirement for us to respond as Mary responded if we are going to see the salvation that God intended to bring through our lives come into our communities, our families, our situations of life. And uh, so this, this uh, tremendous, amazing pattern comes through a voice uh, from heaven that we have uh, acknowledged. Maybe there are some of you in the room uh, that have heard a voice uh, from God, the voice of God, and you have had the, the, a similar response as Mary. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. What? That's crazy. You got the wrong person. I'm unqualified. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm getting ahead of myself. So in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So we, we are establishing, of course, that uh, Jesus Christ is, of course, uh, God manifest in the flesh. There is no other. There is no other way. There is no uh, uh, other salvation. It has come through one, and that is the one man who was the God-man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, um, again, so she was given a task. And each and every one of us have been given no different um, of a requirement that you were born for a purpose. We know Ephesians uh, 2.10 that says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That means that before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for you. Jesus was crucified, the scripture said, before the foundations of the world. Well, what does that mean? Well, it didn't happen until, you know, 2,000 years ago. But yet... Nothing is a surprise to God. It all is known. It's in his mind. It, he's knowing the beginning from the end and all in between. So Jesus Christ, the plan for him to take on a body and a, a body fashion for him, all these details before the foundations of the world. And so each and every one of us have that same task. God had a plan. God had something set a redemptive, a part of himself that he's bringing into the earth um, through your willingness uh, to be able to allow that to happen. And uh, there's no uh, people that are, uh, you know, well, your, your part is not quite as special as my part or, or uh, Miss Nia, she, she's an amazing singer. You know, well, I can't sing real good, but I can sure enjoy her gift and get, and woo, get some of that on me somehow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Minister Floyd, you know, he's got some pipes too. I mean, we all, yeah, that brother can sing. I mean, glory to God. And so we've enjoyed his, uh, the redemptive uh, things that come and flow through him as a result. Uh, we have a Mrs. Marcello, who's the principal of our school, and, and uh, she, she uh, has this amazing gift of leadership and ability to inspire, and, and uh, you just get around her, and you just, you just want to start something new or something. You just to, it's like, wow, let me just start something that I haven't ever done before, and, and just in the face of all the screaming things that say you can't do it. 
don't tell me I can't do it. Right. Must have been, man, I, man, your parents, I bet they were just blessed when you were little, right? Yeah, yeah you're like, <laughs> one of those little girls said, I do it, I do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. I married and I do it. Praise the Lord. Strong. And so each and every person, no matter what your personality is, uh, it's not contingent on your personality. It is something that was set before the foundation of the world in the mind of God, in the heart of God, that he intended for you uh, to allow the flow and the grace and the anointing and the power of God uh, to come through you and to touch a specific people that otherwise will not receive that. Can you imagine? Uh, Because Jesus Christ is the beginning of this and everything flows from that. And uh, the obedience of this young lady, somewhere between 13 to 16 years old, I mean, I think a 13-year-old child would think they're unqualified just because they're 13. You want me to, what? What? And she was betrothed to Joseph. There are some interesting dynamics that were not really discussed in completeness. I guess I'd be like, if I was married, I'd be like, I got a few more questions. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I think that each one of us need to ask ourselves the, the who, where, and what When God comes and approaches us, praise God. So somebody in this room today, I believe, will be prompted to hear the voice of God in this day, in this hour, and allow God's power to flow through you. This is not, um, you know, after you turn uh, a certain age that you no longer have to listen and do. That each and every stage of your life, there is redemption that is to flow through you. So here we have a girl that was 13, you know, but literally Jesus was brought into this world and began uh, that redemptive flow immediately. And people were drawn by what was uh, that he was carrying. Uh, wise men uh, were drawn from afar and they came, not from a fire, but from afar, you know, yeah. And uh, they came and uh, at two years old, he was already a wealthy person because of those, those kings. And uh, so he immediately um, was bringing a, a form of redemption um, into his community and to those around him in so much that later we know his mom said, well, do whatever he says uh, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, woman, you know? <laughs> Another one of those places in the Bible where I'm like, man, if I'd have told my mom woman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd have woke up. <laughs> she... Yeah, she invented the pimp slap. I'm telling you, my mama. Was like, Whoa. <laughs> so we are asking ourselves these questions. So the who, where, and what is, um, what is God prompting us to do today? What is he asking of us? And uh, how will it involve us?
and what will be the cost? Now, this young girl, not having had a baby, probably did not totally understand what she was signing up for, nor the difficulty that she would face because of who she was carrying. But she was told that you are going to have sorrow. And uh, so let's look at this particular passage in uh, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. I'm just reading the New King James, if you were wanting to follow along. And it says in verse 26 of Luke 1, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give, you, give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of, of her, for her who had, was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Uh, literally, lit, this literally means uh, no word of God's un, unattended by the power of God to fulfill it. No word of God is void of the power of God to fulfill it. Do you understand? That's what this literally means, that, that nothing is impossible, meaning uh, when God says it has with it the power to fulfill it, which is quite interesting uh, when uh, Reinhard Bonnke said that the Lord told him that the word of God in our mouth is no less powerful than the word of God in his own mouth. So God says, let there be light. And it was boom, light, right? And he just spoke everything into existence, the water. And then finally, he breathes into us. It's interesting that he said, let us make man in our image. And then he breathes. Angel comes to Mary. How? In the world, is this going to happen when I have not been with a man? And he says, the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Again, breathing. He breathed into Adam. He breathes into Mary and a seed is planted. 
In, in our um, procreation, uh, when uh, there is conception, there is an explosion that takes place when that sperm cell hits the egg, and, and medical science has called that, that experience and that, that uh, phenomenon, they call that dunamis. It is the same Greek word for the power of God. Translated power, translated miracle. Isn't that something? So when God um, performs or does things in our lives, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit comes and breathes into us. And so Mary, her response, you know, is, is quite phenomenal. Um, again, not fully probably having the whole uh, experience in her mind, but she knows that God is definitely uh, approaching her with an opportunity. And uh, so she says, uh, be it unto me. Be it unto me. This is our response. Be it unto me. God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, be it unto me, just as you have said. According to your word, which contains the power to perform that which you told me to do. Be it unto me. So we do have the written word, but we also have uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit or the spoken word that the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to us in our life for our specific circumstances and situations of life. So God's word comes and we say yes, yes to that. We yield ourselves to that. Praise the Lord. And there is a conception. That is the beginning. And then uh, from there, um, it gets real interesting, right, moms? How many moms are in the room? Anybody ever gone through that process? I mean, we as uh, men, I mean, all we can do is go, wow, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you shoot a deer, uh, that, all the fun's over. Now the work begins, right? <laughs> so uh, for, for men, we, uh, we don't have the work side of it. I mean, it, it was just we have part, but the ladies have experienced it and have a knowledge and understanding of of what that difficulty implies. And uh, so in this area, though, of receiving uh, the word of God, we uh, would have those same possible challenges of, of, of extreme uh, change and extreme uh, discomforts and, and your whole, uh, the way you look changes. And when you say yes, to God's plan and his, his purpose, uh, that it might be that if people knew you years before that they would not recognize you later because you have been uh, impregnated with purpose. Yes. Yes. And you can no longer run the way you used to run. You can't eat what you used to eat. And so the discomfort of, 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 of preparing for the, the thing of which God has called you to do um, is going to obviously disrupt your, the status quo of your life and make you uncomfortable. If you thought that God has just saved you to make you comfortable, read the book. And if you are living your life avoiding discomfort and challenge and difficulty, um, I'm telling you, you probably are not following God's plan. 
Because God's plan is not moved by difficulty and challenge or discomfort or irritation or anger. It's moved only by the word of the Lord. It's moved only by the the leading of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of God is greater than circumstance. Because he will tell you to move when nobody else is moving. He will tell you to stay when nobody else is staying. He will tell you to do things that are a, a, a mirror of everybody else. And so we have to yield ourselves and, and uh, uh, develop the, the ability uh, to hear that voice. And then, of course, obey and say, be it unto me, even as you have said. Regardless of how you feel, uh, regardless of what you feel are your qualifications, because I will say this, that what you probably think are disqualifying you may be the very thing that has qualified you as in Mary's situation, that she was a virgin, never been with a man, but the very thing she thought that would disqualify her was her qualification. And you say, well, man, I've been, man, I've messed up. I don't know how God can use me because I've really been a complete failure. And, and uh, well, maybe he's exactly what you need or you're exactly what he needs. Somebody who will not say, I did it. Because if anything at all happens from your life that you would know, it's just the goodness of God. Praise the Lord. And so we just yield to the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit and his help. And say, yes, be it unto me. I'll do the thing that you're requiring of me, Lord. Praise God. And so Mary began as a young, young teenager, the gestation of a child that literally was redemption for all humanity. And not just those ahead, but those who have already lived until the end of time. And so when she (laughs) said, oh, we got to (laughs) move? Great, we child. On a donkey. I don't know, has anybody here ever rode a horse even? You ever rode a horse? Can you be, uh, moms, any moms rode a horse? Did you ride a horse while you were great with child? I'm thinking, man, that baby would be dropping out, you know. (laughs) You know. And then getting on and off the horse. I'm just picturing Joseph, like, trying to get her up on this donkey, you know, and help her out and travel all that way. Yeah, and there's no 7-Elevens. No Walmarts. Probably water is, is somewhat limited, you know. And off they went. This is the beginnings of the call that God had on this young lady's life and what she agreed to. Praise God. No epidural. Yeah. She, she pushed Jesus out into this world without any medication. And as you know, as you get closer to the moment, uh, the difficulty and the hurt and the pain um, uh, increases 
before that vision is fulfilled, that call is fulfilled, uh, the redemption uh, comes forth. Um, and oftentimes uh, I notice that many of us, uh, we get so overwhelmed by some of those um, difficulties in what God's called us to do. Uh, some people quit. And so we want to believe God for the grace and strength to be able to fulfill the plan and the call of God. In the face of every resistance, in the face of every challenge, God will give you the strength. Because if he called you to do it, that means you can. And if it's, if it's getting hard, that just means you have to go to him for the strength to endure it. Amen? And uh, she didn't show up to the Hyatt to have a baby. There was no room in the inn. I think it's, it's uh, uh, so fitting that he was born um, in humble, humble circumstances. And uh, amongst uh, animal, animals and all of the smells that would come with that and products. And so here, here our Redeemer comes into uh, the, the very world he is to redeem and uh, not looking for fanfare, not looking for uh, recognition. And I think that is something that we all need to consider. And so Mary gives birth to a son and all these shepherds show up and later the, the kings. I mean, think about the mom. It's like going, wow, this is wild. And this is my son. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is so good. So going back into Luke, um, where uh, the, uh, she's being spoken to, says, The virgin's named Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. I'd like to point out this, this statement that uh, the angel speaks to her um, is actually the same uh, uh, phrase that's used in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. And it actually, uh, in the Greek, is uh, graced with grace. Graced with grace. And uh, we, ourselves, are graced with grace to do that thing that he's called us to do. And I, I think that we all, I enjoy looking at the impossibilities surrounding this situation of this has never happened before. Uh, as far as we know, naturally, this can't happen. And uh, I think those are the things you could apply to whatever you think the crazy thing that God is asking of you that you may have been avoiding, like, I don't even understand it. Well, praise the Lord, that's great. Because if you could do it on your own, I wonder if that was God's plan. Come on now. And so you have also been graced with all grace to fulfill the plan and the redemptive work that God has called you to do. We just have to um, uh, stop thinking of ourselves as limited and less or, and unqualified when it is God who has qualified you. And it probably isn't just to breathe and eat Taco Bell. <laughs> that he's got greater plans for you. Yes, thank you Jesus. 
to have your effect, to have uh, the God effect that he intended for you to have, and to bring forth uh, an element of redemption into this world. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful for the redemption that you have supplied me. Many of you who I have interacted with, many of you who are carrying a level of redemption have, have ministered to me in some way. I'm grateful for that portion that you have supplied me. I'm just saying that we could possibly step up our game, be conscious that I really am a gift of God and not doesn't make us better than anyone else. It's just that we need to be uh, aware and conscious and mindful uh, that never, uh, God does not shelf anybody if you are still in a body redemption still is coming through you Jesus supplied it to the end isn't that right and he came to do this and he said it is finished what he had been called to do it is finished so he did his part Mary did her part and now every other part flows through that one part, Jesus Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood, and that redemption flows through us on a continual basis. If we will allow it to, if we will expect this to take place, be it unto me, Lord, even as you have said, I am well able to go into my community, my family, my situations of life, and help and bring uh, the relief, to bring uh, the voice of God and the reasoning of God and to change circumstances and to do the works that he created. And I mean, when you read the word of God, you realize that, that the very things that Jesus Christ did are supposed to be flowing through us. Even now that these signs shall follow those who believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will speak with new tongues. They will, uh, you know, drink deadly poison. It won't hurt them. We are not afraid. We are not fearful. Glory to a 13-year-old girl gets, uh, conceives the son of the living God and, and rides on a donkey in the last trimester and, and, and drops a child in a barn and, and then raises the son of God in her home with this family. I'm telling you, it is amazing. But I tell you what, you are well able to do anything, anything, anything that God tells you you can do, that, that you are only limited by your own reasoning. And so we have to move that out of the way and allow God to work in our lives, in our homes and families, in our circumstances and ministries, in our jobs, wherever you are, you are redemption happening all the time. And so we're out running through, through our community, doing whatever it is that we do. Be mindful that God is on you. Jesus Christ has given everything and all so that you could do those works that he prearranged for you to do. And this is how it happens. This is how redemption flows into the earth. It has not stopped with Jesus. It started with Jesus and it is not going to end until he returns. This is the pattern of redemption. Be it unto me, even if you say. I speak it out of my mouth. I say, Lord, I thank you that I am anointed to preach the good news. That I speak as your mouthpiece when I stand before your people and bring the supply that I may challenge people to not be just a, a normal human being, but to be superhuman be like Jesus himself, challenging us 
that when we talk to people like Jesus talked to people, he says, don't stop the kids from coming to me, y'all. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. Everywhere you go, you're speaking reason into the people that are around you. You're speaking life into the people around you. People say all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm, when redemption is around, you have to be careful what you say. I mean, the Pharisees were the religious group of their day. Jesus was not afraid to regulate. I mean, he did not read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Those Pharisees are trying to trap him, trying to, you know, just, uh, you know, shut him down because he was intimidating their uh, political influence. So they made all kinds of things, statements and such. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. Um, And his disciples were like, whoa, I think you hurt their feelings. But I'm just saying, when you're carrying redemption, uh, there's, there's a certain um, anger when you know the enemy is trying to destroy people and deceive people. And, and you can't just sit by and go, oh, I don't want to do anything politically incorrect. It's kind of interesting when you're flowing like this because you'll be in a, a place that you really, uh, you know, don't even think about anything really taking place. You're just doing business, getting groceries or whatever the case may be. And somebody will say something very foolish and the Holy Spirit will come on you. And there was a lady who said, well, you don't have to go to church while I was getting my groceries. And I knew her to be a Christian. And she said, well, you don't have to go to church. And I'm like, standing there, I'm like, who told you that? Do you read the Bible? I mean, it was like, I'm like, oh, man, calm down. There's people listening. <laughs> I said, well, if you believe the Bible, then you do. But there are other things you don't have to do. You don't have to breathe. You don't have to eat. Think about it. The impact of us as believers not having a church home, a church family, where God does his business in the body of Christ. Redemption is on a whole other level when we come together as those who are redeemed. We come together, something big starts taking place and and gifts like Nia come in and our pastor comes in and, and his gifts and connecting with our gifts and woo, you can't even explain it, but you know it's written so you know it's true that when we come together that there's a power that is not available if you just stay home with your family. Because he set some in the body. <laughs> Pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Woo. And that same passage in Ephesians chapter 4 says that each joint supplies. That means you here now, you are a supply. When all of our supplies come together, I want to think like it's just almost like fission, like a nuclear bomb goes off. 
and our purposes and, and what God has called us to do, the redemption that's on the inside of us, deep calls to deep, and, and we are so, woo, glory to God. And we go out from this place energized and empowered with purpose and ability and, and faith and confidence so that I can go into the difficult situations of life and they do not move me. They do not phase me. I am not phased by them. Woo. I am a carrier of redemption. I am intimidating to Satan. And people say stuff like, you know, Satan, he don't like you. <laughs> of course he don't like you. He's a rebellious fool, and you carry authority over him. Cockroaches don't like me. We spray for them. Are you spraying for demons? <laughs> we deal with those, uh, those type of things. We don't live, oh, I don't want to get a, the devil to get a bead on me. Listen, I'm carrying redemption. Mary was carrying redemption. They tried to kill all those babies. Come on now. They tried to kill all the babies. Tried to kill the one that was bringing redemption. You cannot stop what God is doing in your life unless you want it to stop. So we come together in this atmosphere and all the redemption that's represented in each one of you gets empowered, gets strengthened and, and kicked up a level so that when you come out from here, you're able to give that distribution wherever it is, is supposed to be supplied.